You're listening to Different Things Can Be Sad. Welcome to Different Things Can Be Sad, where it's cool to care about politics and pop culture. I'm Yasmin Lomax. And I'm Micah Hahn. And we are your hosts of this monthly politics and pop culture podcast. By now you know the drill, Micah, since we're monthly, fill us in on how this past month has been, May 2023. What have you been Um, up to? It's been pretty good. I was about to say, wow, it's gone by so fast, but then I realized we have some time left in the month. We're just some inside baseball. We're recording a little early this month. Yeah, we got some Um, travel coming up, so. We got some travels to do. We're ahead of the game. Um... It's been good. It's uh, also scary, but you know, um, it has been insanely warm in Vancouver, which is lovely and terrifying. Um, So it was nice to like just walk through the beautiful, if you live in Celsius, like 27 degree weather in May. Oh, that is Um, very hot. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, it started raining while I was walking home from work, which was a good reprieve um other than that it's been very nice and like really really doing a lot of reading watching listening so i'm excited to like get into it what about you how was your month mine also good i got to enjoy also a mix of sunny and rainy weather when i was in the uk at the end of april beginning of may um i spent a little time in london and manchester i did see louis tomlinson from one direction and that is mm-hmm. all you need to know about the trip that was a highlight of not <laughs> just the trip, a lifetime so <laughs> i saw louis from one direction and i don't mean i saw him in concert i mean i encountered him in the wild and it was a very good celebrity spot so that's all i have to say about that uh i also got some reading watching and listening done this month but why don't you go first micah what did you read this month that you enjoyed um, we may have teased this excessively at the end of our last podcast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read, and I know you also read Happy Place by Emily Henry. Um, we're Happy it's Place. Amazing. It's oh. so good. Um, we're like Happy Place and Emily Henry lovers on this podcast. Um, yeah. I've like said it before and I'll say it again. Like Emily Henry writes books that take women's lives and desires seriously and I absolutely love her for it um maybe you could tell the people a little bit about what happy place is about sure so it is I guess like a second chance romance between Mm -hmm. a couple that have been together and recently broke up but are now on their annual like friend group trip to Maine and Mm -hmm. are pretending like they're not broken up and I guess like without giving away too many spoilers, I like the romance, but what I really loved about it was its perspective on, like you said, lives and desires. I think specifically careers and how other people's expectations and societal societal ideas of success play into our choices. And I think something that I found quite revolutionary that Emily Henry posits in this is that maybe we shouldn't have this goal of finding a dream career, but instead uh, having a job that we like and is fulfilling, but also allows us to have a work-life balance with hobbies and time for friends and families and vacations. And then that way you can create your very own happy place. 
I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I so totally agree with you. That is definitely what I loved about this book. Like, the romance was, like, sweet and whatever, but, like, where she was coming from, I think, really spoke to, like, I think a, what a lot of people in their 20s feel like. And and I really, one thing I liked about this Emily Henry, which we haven't seen before, is she's really working with a cast of characters. Yes. Um, and they're all dealing with the same issue. Like, what does life look like when you come to the end of your 20s mm-hmm. and you get to actually make choices about, like, the life you want to live? Because um, it feels like sometimes when you're in your early 20s, like, you're just following the path that is given to you and then you're also just like floundering a lot because you don't really know like it's harder you haven't figured your way through the world yeah quite often it's like the path you've set yourself in college but then in this book we're finding people who are a little bit farther on from that and have maybe got further along that path and are actually like I don't think this is for me this is a career I decided when I was like 18 and had to pick a college major and mm-hmm. maybe I want to do something else. But what what will that cost me? Like what relationships, what friendships, what lifestyle will changing my mind cost me? Yeah. And I, I think she does it so wonderfully um, while also still being packaged in like this romance novel that's like very fun to read and like not a downer. And no. like a fat, like an easy, like sit on the beach on a weekend read. Or in, like, a very rainy uh, apartment. Like, it's... Yeah, we couldn't wait for beach weather. We devoured this as soon as it came out, which was end of April, beginning of May. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you read... Oh, I guess, speaking of Emily Henry, I will say the only other thing I read... Or I read a couple things, but it, like... I put the book down, and I was like, gosh, I need some more Emily Henry in my life. So I got the audiobook for Beach Read, and, like plowed like read that listen to it so quickly because I just love it like it's so good and I haven't read Beach Read since the first time I read it and it was just as wonderful now um so I'd highly recommend the audiobook because it was great I actually have only read it as an audiobook and I'm kind of thinking maybe I need to bring the physical or ebook on vacation with me this year and read it with my eyes Mm-hmm. Good plan. So, yeah. I read a book this month that I adored, and I think you will as well because it actually has a lot of uh, similarities with Happy Place. It's called mm-hmm. Pre Loved by Lauren Bravo. It doesn't come out in the US until July, but I managed to get it in London and it is already out there. It's mm-hmm. about a woman named Gwen who is fired from her job and begins volunteering at a charity shop in London as she's figuring out what to do next. So you can see the same kind of like career life path existentialism, but instead of being in your twenties on vacation in Maine, you're in your thirties working in a charity shop in London. Mm -hmm. Um, Also like happy place. It has a lot of vignettes uh, throughout it. So in happy place, we get to learn about the characters backstories uh, through Emily Henry depicting these happy places that have existed throughout their lives and sometimes some not so happy places in pre-loved we've got scenes from Gwen's life as it unfolds in real time in the story but also vignettes about the past lives of items in the charity shop 
which that is- That sounds so good. Yeah, really beautiful. It will really make me think more next time I go into a thrift store. I just found it beautifully written. It's one of the most specific books I've ever read. Like the level of detail used to describe the products in the store Mm -hmm. is astounding and paints the most vivid picture in your head. But it's also very specific in its humor. Like there's a reference to the Come Dine With Me contestant who said, Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Jane, which is (laughs) one of my favorite reality TV moments ever. But again, like an Emily Henry, it's also deep. It's also a novel about grief and trying to reset a life that Gwen wasn't happy in. So if you want maybe like a British counterpart to Happy Place, may I suggest Preloved? I think you'll like it, Mako. I cannot wait to read it. Yeah, you can borrow my copy next time we catch up in person. Amazing. Did you watch anything fabulous this month? I absolutely did. I okay. had um, one of the best birthdays because I went to go see Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret on opening weekend. And so if if you're not in the know, um, it's an adaptation of Judy Bloom's classic 1970 middle grade novel about a girl named Margaret who is forced to move from New York City to the Jersey suburbs. And... When she's there, she navigates through friendships and puberty and faith, and it's lovely. Um, Oddly enough, funnily enough, I read the book when I was like 15 or something, so it was like, I don't know, you read Judy Bloom, and I love Judy Bloom's other books, and I hated Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. I did not like the book at 15, and I think it was because it was too close, Um, but then like... A couple months ago, I saw the trailer and something in me just like clicked. I was like, this Mm -hmm. is for me. Um, And so I decided I wanted to reread the book and I found myself a used copy um, of like the worst cover. It's the one that like every because this book has been out for so long. They have different covers based on, I don't know, like what will appeal to 13 year old girls of that generation. And the cover before the most, the movie tie-in one is like text bubbles. And it's like, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And then the reply one is like dot, dot, dot. No. Um, It's not good, but it's the only copy I could find. That might be worse than a movie tie-in because I do not The movie tie-in is so cute. It's like really really subtle. Okay. Um, I'm literally Googling this as you speak. Yes, I have it on my bookshelf here, but it's it's bad. Um, but so I reread the book um, in like a day. I don't know. It's a book for middle grade readers. And I loved it. There's something about looking back that I think, like either I had to read it before I was in this stage of life or like, wow, but like it was too close at the time. Now I'm like, this is like the best book about like growing up as a tween girl it's so sweet so I was like primed and then I go on my birthday to see the movie and I it was amazing so it's directed by Kelly Freeman Craig who um and it's also it's one of the few adaptations of a Judy Bloom novel because Judy Bloom famously like really does not like adaptations of her books um so she had to like go convince her to let her adapt it but uh, Freeman Craig previously directed um, Edge of Seventeen, which is a great movie about coming of age as well. Um, and the movie stars Rachel McAdams, Benny Safdie, who play her parents, 
And then Margaret is played by Abby Ryder Forston, who you may have seen as the daughter of Ant-Man in the Ant-Man movies. Um, She is spectacular in this. And I happy to say, I don't know, this movie like fully broke me. Like (laughs) I was close to full sobs in the movie. I think there's something about like girls going through puberty specifically that like one is not depicted a lot in Mm. media and two is like such a time of like tenderness and like angst and like sadness but also like joy and excitement um and the movie is so kind to these characters and like holds them so lovingly and it's just like yeah, I was, like, fully, like, wiping tears away constantly. Um, but it's also, like, a lot of fun. I don't think most people would cry. It was, like, a me thing specifically. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's, like, such a joy to watch. So I, like, considered going again this week because I was, like, oh, it's not going to be in theaters forever. So that is my, like, wholehearted, you should go see Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Um, because it made my, it made my month. Okay, I really do have to see this one. Unfortunately, it came out right before I went to London. So yeah. I missed it in those couple weeks and have not caught it yet, but it is definitely, definitely, definitely on my list uh, now. I have been watching the other two, which mm. is back for its third season on HBO. I've definitely mentioned on here before, but it is a show about a brother and a sister in their 30s whose younger brother becomes the like next Justin Bieber and then later on their mom becomes the next Oprah slash Ellen daytime TV host extraordinaire and they're kind of left figuring out where they fit into all of this it's very very funny uh they're some just very again specific jokes this season and they're really taking some swings with the absurdity at which they're doing even like the storytelling there's bits that are done entirely in black and white there's uh characters who turn invisible it's very very silly and fun and new episodes come out on thursdays so i highly recommend getting in on that now unfortunately i don't have anything that i listen to that i i'm gonna recommend this month so i'm gonna pass the listening section over to you micah Um, I have a quick recommendation, which Mm -hmm. is a podcast that if you liked this episode and these types of episodes that we do every once in a while of the pod and the section of it, that I think you would like. It's called Books Unbound, and it's a podcast where two friends who happen to be Canadian talk about the books that they're reading. And just Um, one of the hosts of the podcast is Ariel Bissett. She was like pretty popular and big in the booktube scene back in the day um she now lives in nova scotia and most of her videos are about renovating her 100 plus year old house would recommend if those are fun living Um, my dream yeah she really is and it's like beautiful and colorful and lovely um but now the place where she talks about books is on this podcast primarily and they they have a podcast weekly and every week they meet and they talk about the books they've been reading and they talk about the books they've bought, which is fun. And then they also talk about like book news and like things that are happening in the publishing industry. It's a very like nice chill listen. Um, It's cool to hear from people who are like very plugged into the book scene, but not necessarily reading the books that I'm reading. Mm. Um, 
and to hear about like those kind of books. So would recommend if you like need more media recommendations and like book recommendations. And if you'd like some more, stay tuned till after the break, which is not really a break. <laughs> it's just going to be a little bit of our theme song. <laughs> So as I alluded to before that very lengthy break, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. about the the length of it. Uh, this month, we're doing things a little differently. We're doing one of our very special episodes, and we just got so excited about the start of summer being close enough to taste that we wanted to do a little roundup of reading, watching, and listening and give you all our summer recommendations so that... Mm-hmm. Wherever you are in the world, whether you live by the beach, whether you live in the other hemisphere that's not having summer right now, (laughs) you can experience a little dose of it. So Mm -hmm. we're going to start off with books. What is your summer reading style, Micah? What kind of books do you like? I have a few, and I think the books I've chosen kind of reflect that. Okay. I'll start with like my first big summer reading style, which is like romance slash rereads. Mm -hmm. um like sometimes I just like reading a book that I know I can read like just sit through and like fully enjoy um that you don't have to worry if you're gonna like I don't have to worry yeah exactly and then um and that like has a nostalgia factor love those and my biggest one is summer sisters by judy bloom this is a very judy bloom podcast Mm. for me apparently um i'm not sure if i talked about this on the podcast before um but this is one of like my all-time favorite summer reads um this book follows two friends over the course of two decades of summers um and it all starts when caitlin invites victoria to join her family at her summer home on martha's vineyard um, this book started my Martha's Vineyard obsession. Okay, I'm um, already sold, and as you will soon find with many of my recommendations, I would say like 80% are set on like Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket. So yeah, you got me. Um, I started reading this book. Like, this is a unique experience that unfortunately you cannot replicate. I started reading this book when maybe when I was like 14, mm-hmm. and then I read it like every couple summers after that and because the book goes through the lives of these girls mm. reading it at different times in your life is so like lovely and interesting and you like the things I missed so many things the first time I read it right. and it's always so wonderful but I have the like also I don't know if you agree about this but my ideal summer book comes in like pocketbook format like it should be like the nice like chonky square kind of mm-hmm. format I like those are my favorite and my copy is like that and it's the best thing to put out and it smells like old book it's like it's beautiful I bought it for like 50 cents at a thrift store once I do love that but I am just such a Kobo girl since I got my Kobo last year and the Kobo is very transportable which I came to realize even more when I purchased my copy of pre-loved while in the UK and then I had to bring it back with me and it was a hardback and it was a lot so I agree. Do you like a, co- po- a pocket book, but I'm also going to make a case for the Kobo here. That's fair. You can fit many books. Thousands of them in yeah. one, one little tablet, one l- lightweight paper field tablet. It's pretty amazing. So tell me a summer book that you would be reading on your Kobo. 
Okay, that that is a good question because I actually think um, most of the ones that I'm going to recommend have been either physical or audiobooks. But Hilarious. I think my first one would be Before We Were Innocent by Ella Berman, which is one I did read on my Kobo and I read it in May, which is when it came out. So right yes. on it. I love this one because I think for me, an ideal summer book is one with people vacationing. And that's why I yes. love those, you know, the Cape Cod sort of books. It's often, yeah, people vacationing in those destinations. Um, this one is a dual timeline mystery. And in the first timeline, 2008, we have three friends who spend the summer after high school vacationing in Greece. So we get Amazing. all those Greece summer vibes, which is I think also going to make an appearance in one of our later recommendations. Greece is just like a perfect summer location. Mm -hmm. So um, that's amazing. And then in the current timeline, well, I guess the second timeline, it's more closer to now. It's 2018. The remaining two friends, because one of them died in Greece. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. They're pulled together again. So this is a mystery. And it's mm -hmm. not just about the mystery of how did the first friend die or the third friend die, whichever, you know, number we want to give her. It's not just about how she died. It doesn't rely on a big twist at the end. It yeah. really actually covers very serious topics like the media treatment of young women in the 2000s. Um, a lot of people sort of have drawn parallels to the case of Amanda Knox. Yeah, so, I was going to say. Yeah, so it's one that I think has a lot of depth and intrigue all the way through. I'm just not someone who like vibes with thrillers that rely on a big out of nowhere twist at the end. I like something that's going to keep me going all the way through. So I know we've both read, um, I have some questions for you by Rebecca Mackay and this feels- I'm in the middle of it and it's, oof, will this be coming back in my June recommendations? It's great. If you like that, I think you'll like this because really it isn't about solving a murder. It's about um, the discussions we have along the way. So mm -hmm. that's a big one for me. Um, okay, we've got for you a little bit of teen nostalgia with Judy Bloom. Anything else that constitutes a summer read or any other teen nostalgia you want to recommend? Mm, I, I can give you some teen nostalgia. I think give me, give me. what you said about the summer, like it's their summer vacation after graduating high school. Yeah. For some reason, books that take place in the summer between high school and college, in my mind, those are summer books. Like, those are the ideal. Yeah. Um, and for me, no one writes those better than Sarah Dessen. Um, all, almost all of her books are about the summer between high school and college. I think it's just, like, such a specific time. Like, there's something about, like, the ending of one chapter and the beginning of another. Like, yeah. the beginnings of freedom. Um and it's the Along first the time there's this real tension of like, oh, everyone's going to move somewhere. Like this is really, yes. really ending. And I have to grapple with those emotions. Exactly. Along for the Ride is like the big one. And that, I'm, Yaz and I were talking about this. There's a movie, which I just never watched, which I'm very excited to watch. <laughs> oh, I've watched um, it. If there has been a like teen movie that has come on Netflix, I have seen it. You I have, have seen, seen it. Every Netflix rom-com. Of course. Um... Yeah, so I would say just in general, one, it's nostalgic for me because I read all of these mostly in the summers of my teendom, but yeah, something about that time period she does so well and is like peak summer read. Okay, I might have to get a little bit into Sarah Dessen. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard because I feel like unless you have 
the nostalgia, maybe it doesn't yeah, work as I'm well. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm finding that now that I'm rewatching Doctor Who with some friends, like it is not as mm-hmm. smart as I remember it being as no. a teenager. I think you need a lot of nostalgia mm-hmm. to have love for that as a grown up nowadays. But um, okay, I alluded before that a big thing for me in summer reads is. Cape Cod, anything, any like New England beach vacays are a big thing yes. for me. So um, The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller needs a shout out. Like mm-hmm. Before We Were Innocent, it's a multiple timeline story. So like in the kind of current story, we have a pivotal 24 hours in the life of Elle, who's a 50-year-old married mother of three. And she's summering on Cape Cod and has to choose between her content life with her husband and maybe something spicy and new with her oldest friend. And Mm. in making this decision, we go back in time with her as she recounts her memories of growing up. This one is deep. Like it's not so much a beach read as a beautifully written family drama that's set in a summer locale. And it does Mm -hmm. have some pretty graphic descriptions of child abuse, including sexual abuse. So it won't be for everyone. But if you're after like a deeper, darker beach read, I think this would be a great one. Um, Again, if you love the New England setting. If you love the New England setting and you want something that still still 100% has substance but isn't as dark... I would recommend mm-hmm. the author Ellen Hildebrand, who's one of my summer queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the past 23 years, she has published <laughs> more than 30 books. 30 That's books insane. in 23 years. Isn't that insane? How? I don't even know. I think she does at least one a year. And there was a while there where she was doing like winter releases as well. Mm. She's a busy lady. And most of the 30 books are set on Nantucket Island, where Mm -hmm. she has lived um, for more than 23 years. So I'm just going to give you like a little shout out of my favorite ones, because I think the 30 books can be a little overwhelming. Yes. So the first one that I'm going to recommend is The Blue Bistro. This one came out in, I believe, 2005. So it's an early Ellen book. And it's the one that she said is her favorite. It's about the last summer of an iconic Nantucket restaurant that's about to close. Um, Mm. I think like the romance in this is not my favorite, but what I did love was this really vivid depiction of seasonal restaurants culture so although like I I don't know I feel like there's this tendency to categorize beach reads as romances but I really would not think of Ellen Hildebrand's as romances I think they're more contemporary Mm -hmm. fiction so yeah I think the highlight of this one is the seasonal restaurant culture if you would like some historical fiction she hasn't written a lot of these but summer of 69 is a great one it's the first Ellen Hildebrand I ever read and Mm. it's about you guessed it the summer of 1969 and it touches on all the enormous events of that time we've got the vietnam war the moon landing teddy kennedy and chappaquiddick it really packs it all in so that one's great if you like historical fiction if you like a little bit of mystery again she doesn't often write mystery but Mm -hmm. the perfect couple is fantastic it is going to be made into a netflix show and i think it'll be kind of the netflix counterpart to white lotus because Mm. it is essentially white lotus on nantucket in the very first chapter we find out that 
someone has found the body in the water. And then we go back over the next few days and find out what happened there. And then last two recommendations are just going to be her most recent book. So last year, um, Ellen came out with The Hotel in Nantucket, which is kind of like Blue Bistro in that it centers on an establishment, this time The Hotel Nantucket. Um, It's more modern than The Blue Bistro because it came out more recently. It has multiple perspectives, which I really liked. And one of the perspectives is a ghost. So I thought that gave it interesting flavor. And then uh, this year, she's going to be coming out with the Five Star Weekend. So add it to your list. Yeah. Any other beach faves from you, Micah? Yeah. I I know I started out the section by being like, I love a book that you can quickly read and like it's super fun. But the other thing, the kind of books that I really love reading in the summer are classics. Like in between classics. Like there's something about – Knowing that, especially when you're, like, on vacation, like, knowing that part of your reason you're going on vacation is just, like, sit there and read. And I find with classics, I really enjoy them, but it, like, takes, like, a space of time to, Mm -hmm. like, really get into them. Um, So my recommendation, if you're, like, I want to, like, pick up a classic that I think I will like, I just need the time to read, I would recommend Little Women um, because it's lovely and amazing and everyone should read it. it's just like it's fun and whimsy and great and also a little sad i am setting myself a challenge i will also be reading a classic when i have given myself this time and i'd love to read emma um it's one by jane austen uh it's It's one of it's clueless um (laughs) i just think i like started it a couple times and like put it down because i didn't have the time to really sit and read it yeah um so i yeah a classic is always fun I like that. We cannot finish our beach read section without giving a shout out once again to our queen, Emily Henry. I think yes. literally top- wrote beach read. Yes, she literally wrote beach read. I think we're in agreement that our top three are beach read, book lovers, and happy place. I don't feel comfortable yes. picking a favorite out of those three. I just no. thoroughly enjoyed them all. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely recommend those. And we'll have to give a little mini shout out to Carly Fortune, who came out with Every Summer After last year, which is a great Canadian lake read. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got around to that one, highly recommend adding it to your reading list. So I think that finishes up with books. We can move on to movies yes. if you'd like, Micah. Mm-hmm. What makes a summer movie for you? What do you want to be watching when the the Mercury is hitting 90 or 30 or wherever you're based <laughs> in the world? Because we all measure temperature by mercury stuff. Um, (laughs) um, When my phone tells me it's 30. uh, I have like a wide variety of movies um, Mm -hmm. to recommend. But they all share the basic theme that they are like just fun. Like I demand a fun, exciting movie that like either you have um it's too hot out and you like need to some ac so you go to the movie theater and you just have like a great time or it's like late into the evening but you don't want to go to bed and like you're watching like a really fun movie so those are like generally the vibes i'm going for and my first fun movie that's set in summer that i think is ideal is mama mia mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. continuing the grease theme yes it's just lovely like it's so wonderful um it's perfect 
when it's a million degrees out and you like want to crank up the AC in your apartment and just like lie down and like watch something and you're like get excited again for life. Um, So yeah, it's the, it's the ultimate summer movie. What about you? So my things, and I've got two movies that I think fit this criteria. So I'll shout them both out in one fell swoop, but I am very like seasonal with my movie watching Mm-hmm. I think maybe more so than books. Books, I'm getting like a little bit more into it. I usually do the past couple of years, I've done the Akatar series in winter. And then probably the past like five or six years, I've done Twilight in fall. Um, <laughs> for movies, I do Twilight in fall. I always watch Jack Frost and the Santa Claus in the winter, obviously. And like there's, you know, mm-hmm. the holiday movies. But for me, summer, I can't do a summer without watching High School Musical 2. I know this is silly, but it's like you said, my guy. So it's ideal. Yeah, you just want to, like, it's too hot to go outside. It's too hot, right? Like, the the pavement is melting. Like, it's it's unsafe to be outside. So you're going to be in your apartment. Mm-hmm. You're going to crank up the AC. You're going to get, like, ooh, this is actually a fascinating question. What do you call those, like, um, I guess ice pops that are in your freezer and they're, like, in a – Freezies. Freezies. I was gesturing long plastic tube uh, for the listeners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're yes. in – Yeah. Freezies. Okay. But growing up, them? I call them a Mr. Freeze or a Cool Pop. And then I know in okay. Australia, we call them Zuper Dupers, which was a brand. And Mr. Zuper Dupers is amazing. Zuper Dupers, yeah. Which I was love a- Australia. No, that was a brand. Like- um, Mr. Freeze yeah, is a brand. Sense. But I think Cool Pops is what I would call them. Anyway, you need to be – Interesting. You need to be like in your bikini in your apartment with the AC on yes. and like multiple Cool Pops. And you need to have like – your friends with you, preferably someone that you were friends with when you were like 11 when this movie came out. When you watched it at first, yeah. Yes. And you need to have the karaoke version on and you need to sing to all the songs. Yeah. I mean, you you don't even need the words on it because you know all the words, like obviously. Mm -hmm. And then you need to go into some like weird internet places afterwards where you convince yourself that uh, Chad and Ryan were having a secret relationship and – during the baseball scene, you yes. need to start Googling flights to St. George, Utah and hotel stays at the inn at Entrada, which is where the real Lava Springs resort is. Amazing. It's just, it's a whole moment. It's a whole moment. So for me, mm-hmm. some are not complete without watching High School Musical 2. I also really like to watch Weekend at Bernie's in the summer. I have never seen Weekend at Bernie's. Not enough people have seen Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend mm-hmm. at Bernie's. Even though I, like it's culturally iconic in a weird way but like yes i was talking about never this with it, like yeah. some friends last night it's almost like the name weekend at bernie's like you would say oh you're yes. gonna pull a weekend at bernie's like you know maybe you're a little sleepy and you might be like oh i guess i'll just weekend at bernie's at my yep. meeting and you'll just put on sunglasses yeah. and be either asleep or dead behind them <laughs> i had a very young introduction to weekend at bernie's because the titular Bernie's name mm-hmm. is Bernie Lomax, which is my last name. And no my, way. Yeah. And my grandma's name was Bernie Lomax. So Crazy. we like, I think everyone in our family had a copy of it on um, VHS because of that. Mm-hmm. So watch it at a very young age. I just love it. If you don't know, it's um, it's a ridiculous, ridiculous movie. It's about two guys who pretend that their dead boss is still alive so that they can keep enjoying their weekend in the Hamptons at like his holiday home. But they're also mm-hmm. being tailed by a hitman who thinks that the titular Bernie is still alive. 
Mm-hmm. It's just hijinks. It's so fun. It is one that I have been on Letterboxd and not enough of my friends have seen. So I hope that can be rectified this summer. Yeah, it's going to be. What else is on your list, Micah? What are you squeezing in between High School Musical 2 and Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> um, many things. One, okay. um, I was trying to think of like summer movie, like movies that's set in summer that are just like wild. And a movie I watched recently is Body Heat from hmm. 1981. It's very 1981. It's an update it's like an updated version of the noir movie Double Indemnity. Um, and it's an erotic thriller about a woman who seduces a lawyer. But to what ends, we are not so sure. Um, hmm. And the movie, I partially I bring this up just because I love this fact so much. The movie takes place in the hot summer of Florida. The hot, humid Florida summer. Swampy. Um, swampy. In all sense of the word. Yes. And... The movie really, like, uses that to its advantage as it, like, depicts them, like, seducing each other. And it's, like, ridiculous. Um, That's kind of what's fun about it. Um, But the movie, because of scheduling conflicts, had to be filmed in the winter and not in Florida, like, in northern United States. Very different. Very different. But they're all wearing summer clothes, obviously. And they're all supposed... It's supposed to be, like, the hottest summer on record. So they're all supposed to be super sweaty. And so in between takes, they were, like, spraying them down with water to make them look sweaty. Oh, that's Meanwhile, funny. in reality, they're, like, shivering. Yeah. In, like, the streets of, like, middle-of-nowhere America. Um, and I just... I love that fact. I love, like, the magic of the movies. Um, so if you're into kind of, like, kind of ridiculous 80s... Um, takes on noir it's a fun time but like really when I think of fun like summer movies like throw on when the you need AC it's heist movies like 100% Mm. love a heist movie they're always so much fun Um, and in my mind like the king of heist movies like hands down is Steven Soderbergh he makes the best ones Um, obviously the oceans I would say trilogy. Um, he make the second one, but the second one is like of the same vein. Like Ocean's Eleven is like the perfect, just like fun time at the movies. Um, and it has all of your favorite like people in it. It's so wonderful. Um, but if you're like, you want a, a deeper cut Soderbergh heist movie, Logan Lucky is amazing. Um, the he- It's a heist at the, at IndyCar. Like they, try and steal from a racetrack it's amazing <laughs> it has adam driver it has daniel craig um it has riley keogh who's fantastic in it um it's a great time i think that also takes it takes place in the south and it's warm and like there you go um so a heist movie which like really is just in my mind a summer blockbuster and i guess i am setting up movies and things i will be doing this summer but like you will be catching me on opening night on July 21st at Barbie because that is my ultimate summer movie and I am like <gasps> so incredibly excited. Oh, um, we are going to be seeing that. That's uh, I cannot wait. Obviously our podcast named after a Greta Gerwig quote is yeah. the most excited for Barbie. Um I think about it and I just like can't contain my excitement. So that that in my mind even though I have not seen it yet is my favorite summer movie. Agreed. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Okay, TV, when you think you don't have the brain space to watch a whole movie, so then you decide to mainline 
twice the length of a movie as yeah. seven episodes. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, so for me, mm-hmm. I think like that my TV vibe falls into a couple of the buckets that we've hit before. Um, yes. Firstly, I this is where my teen nostalgia really comes out. Like mm-hmm. yours might be in in books. I think mine is mainly in. TV. TV. So um, the first show I'm going to recommend is The Summer I Turned Pretty. A new season of it's coming out on Amazon Prime very soon. So it's a good time to catch up. It's a series based on the YA books by Jenny Han, who is the author of To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And it's essentially a love triangle between one girl and two brothers, but just oh so vibey. Oh, also in Cape Cod. So it's really ticking a oh. lot of our boxes here. Yeah. And if you're like a real big DTCBS girly and you have fallen into the uh, Brooklyn and Bailey obsession hold that we have found ourselves in over the yeah. past few years, fun fact, the guy who plays Jeremiah in this went to high school with Brooklyn and Bailey. No way. Yeah, Bailey like posted once that they all won like best eyes or something in their as like their yearbook quote. So very cute. Amazing. The Babysitter's Club on Netflix is another one I got to recommend. Tragically, this got canceled, but it was a really, really great show based Mm -hmm. on the Anna Martin books, which I read as a tween. And I think it probably takes a lot of the boxes that you found with Are You There, God Is Me, Margaret, because it is about that specific age that we don't see a lot right like I I do find there's a real gap in the tv market for middle grade shows for girls that aren't for little kids or -hmm. like pure disney channel cheese but they aren't going full teen either and this just sits right in in the middle it is absolutely adorable and very enjoyable for grown-ups have you watched this micah i haven't i should you would love it the babysitter's club amazing it's also will i also be crying excessively probably probably amazing. um it's also kind of like remember when was it like sierra burgess is a loser and there's like a couple other ones and it was like the the teenagers who from the 80s movies that like we loved like we would have like viewed as classics are now the parents in yes. movies like Cameron from Ferris Bueller was a dad and like Molly Ringwald was um, Mm -hmm. a mom. This one has Alicia Silverstone um, from the aforementioned Clueless as a mom, which just, it feels like a real like full circle kind of moment. Um, Have you got any teen shows that you love to watch in summer? Yeah. I, um, maybe I watched this actually in fall. It felt kind of summery. I think Dawson's Creek is a great, like, you want a TV show to, like, really get into in the summer. Obviously not nostalgic to myself, um, because it came out in the 90s, pre-me being a teen. But, like, still feels kind of nostalgic in that, like, I feel like its footprints are, like, all over, like, modern and 2000s teen shows. Mm. Um, and it's just lovely. It, like... Also, it does not take place in, like, Nantucket, Cape Cod, but it takes place, like, actually, it takes place in a fictional town on the Massachusetts. I was going to go, where is Dawson's Creek? But that Dawson is a Mm. character, right? I haven't seen Dawson's Dawson's, Creek. Yeah. Dawson's Creek is actually, there is a place called Dawson's Creek, and it's in northern British Columbia. Oh, Um, okay. Apparently, Dawson's Creek place takes 
revolved like, around a bunch of teenagers who live in a small fictional town of Capeside, Massachusetts. Yes. So it's like same vibes. Yes. Um, and like it takes place mostly during the school years, but there are some summer episodes and it just feels in the same kind of vibe. And it has a love triangle very famously that feels also appropriate. So I would definitely recommend if you're like, I need to get into like a very multi-season long show. This is one of them. Okay, well, I've got another huge one for you that's very similar vein, The O.C. This is one that I absolutely freaking mainlined the summer between seventh and eighth grade. Like, (laughs) this is like the most formative show of my life. Like, I like Mm -hmm. Seth Cohen shaped my entire life. Like, there is so much of my life now that is thanks to this show. Like, from like Mm -hmm. my like outlooks, my music tastes, like where I freaking live, like everything is because of the OC. The OC Mm -hmm. is just my OG. Like I- Yeah, you famously live in Orange County, of course. No, I live on the East Coast because that's where (laughs) Seth wanted to move. (laughs) (laughs) I kid, but I, I, there's like a lot of bands that are featured in it that are like from New York. I don't know. There's there's just so much of the OC that I feel is like baked into my soul. But if Mm -hmm. you don't know, it is a multi-season teen drama that came out in the early 2000s. It's about a kid from the wrong side of the tracks named Ryan Atwood, who moves in with this like rich family who live in Newport, Orange County, and they get Mm -hmm. up to all sorts of hijinks. There's a very famous shooting scene in season two, the um, um-what-you-say scene, which was like, again, just like pivotal to our generation's sense of humor, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing. We love The O.C. Similarly, a show that I was just absolutely obsessed with as a teenager, but was just like not appropriate for teenagers, Girls. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this a lot on here. But yes, have you noticed that it's basically summer all the time in Girls? It it is, isn't it? It's always summer. I guess that's probably because of, like, when they were shooting it and they, like, shoot it on the streets of New York. But also I think it, like, the girls' girls shouldn't have to suffer through winter. Like, that would be an indignity. There's literally, like, only one winter scene in the whole show. At the beginning of that, of whatever season where she starts dating the teacher. Yes. And they're wearing mittens, holding hands. Yeah. Yeah. They do, like, a flash forward and it's yes. like six months later and you see like a snowy scene and then they walk out of a bodega and they're in their little like winter outfits. But yeah, that's yeah. literally the only time it's winter on the show. Like the most they ever wear other times is like a cardigan. So I think like girls has just always felt like a summer show to me because mm-hmm. um, it's perpetually summer on it. You tune in each season, yeah. it's summer again. So you And you got to like eat ice cream while watching it because they're yes. constantly eating ice cream yes. too. And you know what? That's another one, like you were saying um, with the Summer Sisters, I believe, that mm-hmm. you really resonate with different seasons of the show Yeah, the older you get. Like, I think, um, like, a lot of people don't like the last season, but I think, like, the older I get, the more I love the last season. Like, the more I'm, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm so excited to rewatch it. Like, I only watched it this year, but I'm so excited to rewatch it, like, maybe in, like, three, four years. Yeah. Um, and see how I feel about them again. Um, yeah. It's it's funny how, like, a bunch of these things that we've chatted about are kind of, like, reflective of, like, thinking about your life and, like, where you are in. And, like, I feel like summer is a time to, like, have the room for thoughts like that and, like, 
these books and shows and stuff let you do that. Yeah, gosh, I miss like the three month summers of yeah our youth. I I have a thing that like every adult should be given one three month summer, and I don't mean like a sabbatical because like that's not a thing mm-hmm. that everyone gets. But like I just mean that you yes. should like once you turn eighteen, you should be given a little ticket and you get a three month summer, and like you don't have to work, you don't have to do anything, but just like be in an inflatable mm-hmm. pool eating Zuper Duper's, Mr. Freeze's, Cool Pops, whatever you call them. Whatever you call them. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. For ultimate summer vibes, Love Island, mm-hmm. high commitment, um, and it's coming out soon. I have only ever watched Love Island as it has come out. Like, I know people who just, like, binge a whole season in winter. Yeah. Like, I really think you have to be sitting down to watch it six days a week for the whole summer. I think that's, that's bonkers. I'm sorry. I know. The Brits are crazy. It is, but you must watch mm-hmm. it. And yes, we're talking about the British version. Like if you have to watch one version, it must be that. And I think if you're committing to more than one version, props to you, but like really I can just do mm-hmm. one a year. It's the summer British Love Island. It will be coming out very soon. I will be watching it. I will be talking about it on here. You'll probably see some memes on our Instagram because of that. It's the best. Okay. Music. What mm-hmm. is your summer music vibe? Um, I think our like most common connected summer music vibe is Vampire Weekend. Yes. Nostalgia um, for being a teenager for one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was introduced to Vampire Weekend in a lakeside cottage. Um, yeah. and so it's like like what else are you gonna do? Like it's summer music. Um I think that's also when Father of the Bride is the best, is in the summer, when it's sunny. Yes, which is not our favorite Vampire Weekend album. But yes, like, I've it's sorry, made for context, a specific time of year. Yeah. Um, did you see, side note for our listeners, uh, Modern Vampires of the City is 10 years old. I know. Um, we can yeah, link to um, my good friend, music journalist, Erica Campbell's article about Modern Vampires of the City in the show notes. She did write about it for its 10th anniversary. It feels insane that it is 10 yeah. years old. I don't want to talk about it. Yes. Um, but I tell do want to talk about, about one it. Of, it's just, uh, yeah. yeah. Tell me, give give me another summer album. Okay, so for me, I got two camps. I need, like, the boppy-doppy summer fun, like, which is mm-hmm. Vampire Weekend, which is Solar Power by Lord, which is yes. Juno by Remy Wolf. We saw both mm-hmm. of those artists last May together, and... Yes. I know that was like technically a spring trip, but it felt like summer. That was like a big old vacation mm-hmm. for us. And it was a really good time. So those artists have a lot of personal um, tie in there. But then I also love like a more sort of like ethereal summer evening kind of soundtrack. Yeah. Like I like Shore by Fleet Foxes. I like St. Cloud by Waxahachie. I like a little Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves. Something that feels like like longing, like being like, oh gosh, this season is the best, but it's not going to last forever, but I really wanted to, you know, you know? Yeah. There is absolutely nothing better than driving in a very scenic place with the sunset and listening to Golden Hour. It is ideal. That specific song or the whole album? That specific song, but specifically the whole album. Yeah. There's also um, an album called Age of Apathy by Aoife O'Donovan that I've spoken about on here before. Mm -hmm. Again, just like a real good summer evening. I think we have like Mm -hmm. summer day bopping in the park and then 
summer evening where I get kind of like wistful. Yeah, That's my vibe. I agree. I think you bringing up Casey Musgraves makes me think that when I think of summer music, I think about driving a lot. Hmm. I think this is like road trips, road tripping, like yeah. windows down. Um, we famously, famously, I don't know, famously to us, listened to Vampire Weekend on a like trip that was like end the spring, um, yeah. in a car. Um, so there's that. I think my like. We were actually some of the first people that stopped listening to Kanye um, years before (laughs) controversies because we almost died in a car in Vermont listening to Stronger. So this is true. Um, Car listening transformative. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would think in addition to, I think adding to your bops, Mm -hmm. the Fleetwood Mac like feels very summer to me. But I think that's also mm -hmm. like evening wistfulness. It, it depends. Like, maybe it's like half of it is, half of it isn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then Full Summer Bob, I, Venice um, by Anderson Pack, which is his first album, um, feels very summer to me. And there's something, it's like super vibey. It's like, there's like literally like way, like sounds of the ocean because it's like based on Venice. Um, Venice and Malibu, both very like ocean beachy good hip-hop like great times um great car listens yeah i okay i've come to the conclusion as i've been speaking that like really a summer album has to be great in a car yeah i like that or associated with a summer tv show i want to give another shout out to girls and the oc which have fantastic soundtracks oh amazing i know um the creator of the oc josh schwartz has said that he had the song um Honey in the Moon by Joseph Arthur and was like, mm-hmm. the show needs to feel like this, which feels like, mm. like a warm summer night with this nostalgia for a moment that's happening right now. It's like long. Yeah. It's, that song specifically great. The soundtrack as a whole, amazing. Um, and then Girls. Like Girls has a lot of really great bops, um, especially of like the, the 2010s era and I think it does a really good job of like mixing you know like Father John Misty and M. Ward and these more sort of like mm-hmm. indie songs with like an Avril uh-huh. Lavigne banger or something like it's it's fun but also features uh, Kanye West in a wonderfully hilarious and memorable scene. The aforementioned Stronger does make an appearance <laughs> there. Maybe that song is cursed. Yeah I, I think it truly is. Yeah. Alrighty, well that concludes this very special summer episode of Different Things Can Be Sad. Most of all, I think after hearing, like speaking through all our summer recommendations is we want to hear yours, right, Micah? Yes. Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram as at DTCBS Podcast. We'll probably be like popping up little question boxes about your ultimate summer reading, watching, listenings. Uh, You can Mm -hmm. follow us individually on Instagram. I'm at Yasmin Lomax. And I'm at Micah Han. And we will be back next month where we'll hopefully have some summer adventures to fill you in on the beginning of them. June, the first, I guess June is not really the first month of summer, right? Like summer is supposed to begin on June 21st or something silly like that, right? Yes. But it really, I but think like, it begins June first. But like June really is. Yeah, of course. Like, and also summer, it? like summer can't be just two months. Like it has to be three at least. Yeah, because like then we're saying then the first day of fall isn't like toward isn't till toward the end of September, and it's like 
no, that's not, I think we need to work on school-based calendars and like yes. holiday-based calendars. I know like in the U.S., Memorial Day begins summer, Labor Day ends summer. I think that's and perfect summer. bookend. It's true. It's that's when you can wear white. Yes. Yes. yes the yes. rules. Yeah. Um, so if you would like to keep up with any of our, what we are definitely calling summer adventures, you can find us on those platforms mm-hmm. or we'll tell you about them next episode. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.